Thank you for joining us. Today, we have Ken Aguilard, who is Principal Program Manager on the Developer and Admin Experience Team for Power Platform. Hey, Ken, how you doing? I'm doing great, Sean. Thank you for having me. Uh, pleasure to be here. Awesome, awesome. Always a pleasure. Um, so I know we wanted to cover what are the top three things that admins should know when working with a low code and power platform. And I was hoping you can give us some insights. I know you've got a pretty amazing background, uh, which actually I would love if you covered a little bit of that first. I'm happy to talk about my background. Originally, I think if I go way back and maybe sort of date myself, um, I actually started working on Windows uh, DOS three DOS five, maybe four something or something like that way back in like high school. All right. Oh, uh, and had this just maybe even before that, uh, I think it was like a Tandy TRS 80 or something. I, I'm really dating myself. I don't know. I just sort of had this love affair with um, computers and technology and things even so far as going back as to doing my first programs in basic, um, you know, progressing through my career career. I moved from service management, administration, infrastructure, architecture, design, application development, and so on, right? A vast array of different skill sets, if you will. Um, I think now my focus is really on building power platform and empowering folks through governance, compliance, security, um, but also helping to remove roadblocks for customers who may be experiencing some similar challenges that I may have faced in the past. So with that said, one of the most important things I feel that admins must have is an ability to understand and be empathetic towards their customers, i.e. the business or, you know, the folks who are actually utilizing their platforms, not positioning themselves in necessarily as uh, an adversarial type of relationship with the business. Like, don't get me wrong. It's important and sometimes empowering to actually say no to the business, but that shouldn't be your permanent answer. It should be no, but let's think through this and understand how we should engage and how we can help to solution this in a manner in which is both safe, secure, and compliant so that we are not the, we being IT, are not the roadblock for the business. Um, so think- when when a business process owner, there's somebody that wants to build a solution, wants to communicate with the IT admin and kind of seek permission to build that uh, solution. What's the best way for them to communicate? Is it to address pain points? Is it to address outcome? Or what would resonate most with that admin to help make a solution become a reality? I'd first say buy your admin lunch. Um, preferably something nice, <laughs> not just, just nice. <laughs> Although, you know, bribing someone with food or something along those lines is, is certainly helpful. Um, that's a great question, Sean. You know, I think that it's important to, you know, I mentioned about the admins being empathetic, but also for the business to be empathetic as well. 
I, I, I won't speak to all organizations, but many times, you know, your IT folks are, you know, kind of perceived as being difficult to work with or something along those lines. It could be just a simple misunderstanding of not having uh, warmed up to the person or having the relationship with them. I think the relationship goes on both sides. Um, IT should certainly provide an avenue for the business to engage and the business should also be looking to partner with IT to move and innovate and in, within their organizations. Um, it's something that, you know, for myself, I feel in my past career before joining Microsoft, we've had great success with that while we were in IT, we were very deeply embedded and partnered with the business. Um, in fact, like sometimes we'd even be sitting in you know business operations meetings, trying to understand and getting a better sense of how we could integrate you know technology and IT into the business processes so that there was not that divide between the two. Interesting. So to further uh, integrate with those business users, is, is this something that IT, took the, uh, the the first step towards uh, building these types of relationships? Or was it usually the, the business unit that came to IT and was like, hey, we need help. How can you help us with this? And then uh, the, the relationship grew from that point. Honestly, I think it was more of an evolution of the two, right? Like you raised two points about the business coming to IT and then, you know, IT going to the business. But there's a gap in between all of that, that, I've seen many organizations are starting to structure their um, their personnel in such a way that they embed IT personnel within the business or business personnel within IT to sort of have that bridge so that someone within their organization speaks the language of both sides. Now, I think part of the beauty of the platform is that there is a very low curve when it comes to learning how to utilize Power Platform, um, especially, you know, in the terms of building apps and automations. Now, this has certainly helped many people, not only from the IT administrative side, but also from the business side, sort of really transform their careers. Um, I think that's part of the reason why we now have the Power Up program is because we have noticed the power of low code. I mean, we sort of already knew it, you know, um, but our customers have really embraced this. And now, in addition to the business partnership between IT and the business, we now also give some of the users of the platform brand new career options, if you will. Someone who may have thought that they could never be within um, technology now has an avenue in which to enter that and transform their career, their lives. Yeah, no, that's very true. There, There's a lot of avenues to um, learn development best practices uh, when building apps, but it, it's all built upon that foundation of proper governance and working with IT to ensure that you actually have uh, solutions that, you know, work within the governance strategy and also that work for the organization the way they're intended. So sounds like empathy and communication 
between those business units and IT admins are, are very crucial uh, and something that IT admins should should have. What else do you think is is very important um, for IT admins to possess uh, in in well run organizations? I mean, you certainly need a welcome uh, a working excuse me knowledge of the technology, right? Especially in today's world, right? Um, you know, I read something recently where we talked about, well, we, I mean, the article talked about Moore's law and, you know, the exponential growth of technology over the years and how in this particular article that I read, it believed that Moore's law was no longer applicable to our current technology trend. Um, at least, you know, across the board. One of the challenges within the platform, our platform specifically, is that there is such a rate of innovation that many folks become intimidated by the rate of change and often sort of dismiss things or try to do things in very legacy-minded fashions, um, on-prem servers and, you know, sort of that mind thinking, right? I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with that, but to keep up with and utilize some of these technologies today, customers should look at not only um, understanding the trans the, the the technology, excuse me, but transforming their ways of thinking to match the rate of the technological change within the industry and bring that into their organization, thus empowering their own um, user base and the business. But just to clarify for a little bit, is this like a marriage between technical skilling and change management at an organizational level and how IT skills can match that change management strategy or completely separate of, of the two? Well, it certainly is an integral part of that, Sean. I mean, service management is an integral part of running the operations of any type of technology in which you are deploying out to your business, right? Before you even start using Power Platform or any other type of technology, my belief is that you should have a firm strategy, right? That aligns to your business practices, uh, maybe compliance policies and things along those lines, if you will, right? But not again, introduce additional roadblocks into the platform. If you know that there's going to be business value in allowing your makers to build apps and automations, then allow them to do that, but allow them to do it in such a manner that still aligns to your patterns and practices um, and allows for, again, service management, things along those lines. So what do I mean by service management? Service management is what defines and how you actually run the service itself. How is the service supported? How is how is IT interacting with the business? That's also part of service management. Um, if someone has, an, has a problem with the service or a problem with an application that was built on the service, how is the support of that particular app maybe facilitated? Is it self-service? Is it a model of Sean built it and Sean must support it? Or is it you're going to send that support back to central IT along or something along those lines, right? There's various different angles that you can tackle this, and that would probably be an entirely separate podcast should we choose to go into that realm, right? 
so you volunteered for another podcast. Ken, we'd love to have you back is what I'm hearing. It sounds like I am volunteering. Yes. Nice. <laughs> Very cool. So so the we've got two key topics which have a whole bunch of smaller components to them that we've covered. Uh, I don't want to keep you for too long. Um, what is that third most crucial bit that IT admins should contain? Man, that's a that's a tough one. I mean, we've we've talked about empathy. We've talked about you know some understanding of of technology, but I I, I honestly feel that IT admins should or did we also talk about communication i think we did talked about yeah that. yeah part of the empathy and 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 that i think everything rolls up into that um kind of justification for governance rules governance strategy applications that need to be built um you know technical understanding how that transitions from a traditional uh on-prem infrastructure to a cloud-based um infrastructure um, and kind of passing that information down to your solution developers from not only pro code but to low code too. So speaking of that, let's 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 talk about this, and, and hopefully you can give some some insight. I know you can't because you probably have tons of experience, but we talked a lot about makers and building those solutions. What about those seasoned vet pro code developers that are building these huge enterprise solutions? And maybe they've been asked to start building some low-code solutions on there. Uh, how do they get that governance reassurance from IT admins that what they're building on that platform is just as safe? I mean, that's definitely a, a, a great question for me specifically. Like, I, you know, I am, um, I guess, sort of Mr. Governance, if you will, um, along with my Doctor No persona, which is another another topic. However. Um, Power Platform in, in itself is an extremely secure and very viable program platform, excuse me, for pro code developers. Right? I don't feel that there's a distinction between pro code, low code, fusion development, and whatnot. Everybody that uses the platform, you're a developer in, in, in my in my mind. Right. Now, I think that the distinguishing factors may actually come in terms of how quickly can something be done? Like I've seen customers spend four to six months solutioning something out and building it full stack, but then allowing a pro dev, if you will, to utilize Power Platform's tools, right, its features, to build out a rapid prototype in one to two days. So what's more valuable for your organization to get something up and running and saying, hey, yes, this is what we're actually thinking of or spending enormous amounts of time not solving critical business problems. I, you know, I think the former is more important, right? I've done both and I can promise you the first one is much more important than the latter for uh, for value, for, for, you know, return of uh, investment, I guarantee you that's the outcome there. Yeah. I, I mean, I can't specifically point this out or actually show this obviously on the screen since we're doing a podcast, but, you know, I've had some examples from customers where a customer was looking to develop a mobile application and 
we're going to be using a different type of product, a different feature, we won't name it. In that particular um, product suite, the expectation was that they would have something delivered out to the business within eight months. And that was going to be V1, right? The cost of development for that was going to be somewhere around $200,000. By comparison, they were able to have a citizen maker build something okay, outside of the pro code type of development whereby they 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 built this and put this in the hands of the business within two and a half weeks now if the pro code or you know enterprise development shop doesn't see the value of this i think that they're kind of um, pulling the blanket over their eyes or whatever you want to call it right they're not seeing the forest through the trees choose whatever colloquialism you actually like to choose but there's certainly value in all sides using the tools but doesn't it help too that you're getting that inherited governance with the the infrastructure that that low code platform sits on right like you talk about you know we want to develop a mobile app and we need a way to disperse this mobile app so we can use um you know endpoint protection from microsoft uh for delivering to those those devices um as one of the opportunities and so if, if you have that afforded to you then then you're able to use that as well in your solution instead of getting another uh you know type of uh, provider to go and manage that aspect of that solution you can keep everything kind of under one house of of microsoft products that that has to be easier for organizations to accept than um than having a, a multitude of different providers performing different aspects of one simple process or one application's uh basic life cycle and, and management yeah that's a, that's a great point sean so I think that maybe brings us a little bit to our third point of an important skill for admins to have, and that is the ability to understand and tell the story, right? Now, there's multiple different ways to actually tell the story, but you have to understand who the players are. And in some cases, that involves understanding the technology stack. So one of the beauties of Power Platform is that it is a fully connected part of the Microsoft ecosystem. So customers who are leveraging things like Azure M365 and whatnot within the Microsoft stack can utilize those existing technologies and investments and bring that into Power Platform not only for development and applications and business processes, but also for security and governance. So for example, you can use tools like say conditional access to wrap a layer around Power Platform to provide for the business to share in an app with guest users, right? That might have been something in terms of like full stack where now I'm going to have to go through a complete and total security review of the application from top to back in and fully understand if the app is secure. Power Platform being natively integrated into the platform, what many organizations choose to do is secure the platform by default, if you will. And I'm not saying that all exemptions, I'm sorry, all applications are exempt, you know, from being 
scanned, if you will, or um, examined. But the platform itself, again, being part of the connected ecosystem, has that layer of security, governance, and confidence that it is secure. Yeah, no, that definitely makes sense. And and, and you're right, though. It's getting that understanding of the total landscape of what is possible, uh, not only with the platform, but with the entire ecosystem is crucial. We're unfortunately coming to the end of our conversation, but I feel like we have so much more to talk about, even in just these three topics. So, Ken, I would love to have you back on uh, at a later point. Please don't do the doctor no to me, and I would love to have you back on uh, so we can dig deeper into talking about upskilling, talking about change management. I love the time to solution um, when building out these these uh, these proof of concepts and, and larger enterprise ready solutions, and then definitely understanding the entirety of Microsoft uh, and what you have available to you to build these out. So once again, Ken, thank you so much for joining. Really appreciate your time. Um, we'll definitely look forward to having you back and uh, and we really appreciate it. Thank you, Sean. Happy to be here again and happy to have him return in the future. Thanks. <laughs> awesome. Thanks, Ken. Talk to you later. 